Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning. Welcome to 1067 The Fan. Ben Standig and Britt Giroli here. We're with you until 12 o'clock. I cover the Commanders for The Athletic. Britt, of course, is a Major League Baseball writer for The Athletic. And we're going to talk about those teams later on as well as the Wizards. But obviously, Britt, a sad day over the DMV yesterday when we learned of the tragic accident involving former Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Uh, that took his life at at the age of 24. We'll, we'll talk about that at 11 o'clock with um, my colleague on the Washington Beat, John Kime. We'll talk about it now as well. Um, there's a lot happening in sports. The world goes on, but it is a it is important to to touch on this and to and to think about this. And and it really you know just a tough day yesterday for for everybody involved. Whether you're like me that covered the guy or just anybody uh, you know like yourself who uh, you know reading the news uh, on such a tragic loss. Yeah, for those who weren't aware, Haskins died early Saturday morning after he was st- struck by a dump truck while he was walking on a South Florida highway. Just 24 years old. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, doesn't really say why he was on the highway near Fort Lauderdale at that moment. Uh, we are going to get into remembering him um, throughout the show. Ben has some, obviously, up close and personal thoughts, having been around him. Uh, I think when you hear something like this Ben your my first reaction is like wait what like is it that same guy like is it that Haskins right like because he's so young yeah that you almost are like wait a second is the, is this the right guy is this the, the the Washington guy like that was my first reaction I don't know what yours was but I was almost like double did like a little bit of a double take because of the age for, for sure like I don't know how you get most of your news these days for me Twitter is the the, the, the dominant for anything, whether we're talking about political, world events, entertainment, whatever. And that was how it came out here. We'll talk more about how the news came out. But when I, and so obviously I'm hyper focused on anything that involves the team that I cover. And for, you know, several years, Dwayne Haskins is a very important figure here. First round pick, the, the 15th overall pick in 2019, uh, a starter uh, at, at points throughout his two years. And, you know, a lot of what even goes on today is, is connects back. To, to that time. So when you see a tweet about Dwayne Haskins, you're like, okay, I mean, let me see what is happening here. And I had to read the tweet several times because you're just, you can't process. I still haven't fully processed what I read that a guy who you're, who is in your life. Not that I have seen Dwayne Haskins in a minute because he was obviously in, uh, in Pittsburgh for, for the last, uh, for last season. But you read that and you're just like, wait, 
hold on, I can't be reading this right. Twenty four years old, uh, hip. We, we found out later the, the the that he was hit by a dump truck. It was just a, the initial reaction was some sort of an accident, hit by a car. Don't know all the details. And uh, yeah, I mean, just the age. It is really jarring. And then the fact that like guess did get to cover him for a little bit, get to know him on some level. Um, yeah, just incredibly jarring. I don't know what other word to keep saying right now. And it still, like I said, really hasn't connected with me yet. We are going to get into that. Uh, more specifically, John Keim, ESPN, at 11 o'clock is going to join us. We have Jessica Camarado, MLB.com, beat reporter for the Nationals, going to join us at 945 here on the show. Ava Wallace from the Washington Post, going to help us put a bow on the Wizards season at 930. So plenty of time to discuss um, other sports as well. Uh, you know, Haskins obviously was in South Florida training with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the organization that he was with, though most people associate him more so, the most so with D.C., right? Obviously a big standout at Ohio State, um, and we'll get into that with John as well. But a lot of his career, a lot of what people, um, such as myself, immediately think of when they think of him um, is Washington, D.C., which is why I think people here have taken it um, as such terrible, tragic news. I think why he's really kind of struck a chord here. And you've seen several commanders kind of go on their social medias, post reactions to this as well. A lot of people in the organization, um, certainly Mike Tomlin with the Steelers released a statement as well. Uh, but Ben, just being around people uh, in this organization, what is the, what is the sense been? What is the, the, the reaction been to this over the last 24 hours or so? You know, it, it is a good it's a it, it's an unfortunate reminder for all the obvious reasons that a young man has, has lost his life with so much more to go. It's also a, a reminder as to how we talk about sports a lot. We obviously, you and I have been now doing these shows for a while. And, you know, we get into the nitty gritty of why is thing why why is this thing not working for this team and what's going on over here and all these things. And, um, you know, we're not going to get into the Dwayne Haskins, the player perspective. But, like, when we talk about Dwayne Haskins a lot, his time here you know, it was it was a bit conflicting. It didn't work as unfortunately, it just didn't work out the way everybody kind of w wanted it to. But that is irrelevant to the moment of wait, who is this person that everybody connected with? Uh, Ron Rivera, you know, put out a statement as well. Obviously, the the, the Snyder's did as well. Um, you know, they uh, Dan Snyder, uh, in some part, Dwayne Haskins got on his radar because du uh, du Dwayne Haskins went to the same high school at Bullis here in Potomac uh, as Dan Snyder's kid and things kind of went um, from there. I, I think Dwayne was, look, he was always nice to me. I think he was always pretty nice to other reporters. He had a lot of confidence. <laughs> uh, he, he, had, he, he, he was, you know, he looked the part of an NFL quarterback, you know, six, four strapping build. He obviously had a rocket for an arm. He could make all the throws. The talent was never in question. You know, and, you know, I don't know how it is for you. There's always that sort of a line between how do you get to know these people? You can't say you know them too well. Fortunately, in the pre-COVID world, we got to be in the locker room with Dwayne Haskins his his rookie year. And from that, I think it was important because you got to see the guy. You got to talk to him a little bit off, off mic about what it was like to be. He's not from the D.C. area, but he moved here during his adolescence. And what that was like. How, how did he connect to this team? He went to the games at FedEx Field watching uh, RG three play. Um, you know, some he he was he grew up primarily in the Montgomery County area, as did I. You know, you got to talk a little bit about about those types of things. And ultimately, I just think I always took it as a guy who, like many of us, are just trying to figure it all out. And he's trying to figure out it all out on this huge stage. 
everybody's paying attention. There's a lot that comes with not just being a rookie or first round pick, being the quarterback. There is a lot that comes with that. And just to see somebody try to figure that out. How do I make this work? What do I need to do? How do I stand tall in this moment? How do I try to act like I'm like, I do have the answers, even when you clearly don't at all times. And it was, you know, as a guy, he just seemed like a really nice kid who was trying to figure it out. That was best. That was how I was sort of interpreted him. And, you know, I think the clearly you see the reaction, whether from the players, from the former coaches, all the way down the line. Uh, you know, you could see that there was a lot of connection there as a human being between Dwayne Haskins and those around him. Yeah, obviously, a, as I mentioned, a huge deal at Ohio State. What's What's been really uh, touching to see is outside the stadium, fans have been leaving flowers, jerseys, you know, mini helmets um, as sort of a tribute to him. Um, obviously, he was a very big deal, as I mentioned, at Ohio State, a Heisman Trophy finalist, um, record-setting year. His final game as a Buckeye through three touchdown passes in that Rose Bowl victory over Washington. Um, but he's more than just an athlete. He was more than his stats. And we're kind of going to get into a little bit later um, what we can learn from these kinds of things as a society and maybe how how we frame these things. Because I think when you look at you know so many people that have taken to Instagram, you know, Alex Smith and um, so many people from Ohio State, Terry McLaurin, I thought, had a really great tribute um, just talking about how devastated uh, is the only word that he can come up with right now. Um, and you look at these tributes and what they have in common, Ben, is they don't have his stats, right? They don't have, oh, that was such a great game. Um, they have him as a person. They have him as a son, as a brother, as a husband, as a friend, as a teammate. Um, and I think we need to do you know, a little bit of a better job summing up someone's legacy uh, on this earth beyond what he did when he put a football uniform on. That is why we know him. Uh, but I think reducing him to that, reducing Dwayne Haskins to that, reducing anybody to just their job, nobody would want on their tombstone just simply was a hard worker, worked at the athletic, right? Like nobody would want that. And I, I think we need um, as a society to really think about that and think about this was a 24-year-old man who had a years and years and decades really of his life in front of him. And it's just so tragic that it had to end like this. There's still obviously some questions. I think there's it's an open homicide report, I believe, um, to find out more details. But really, regardless, it almost feels like regardless of what led to it, we no longer have Dwayne Haskins here on this earth. And, and that, to me, um, is just a, a sad, sad day. Yeah, and just to read a little bit of the Terry McLaurin tweet that you mentioned, because obviously they didn't just play together here in Washington. They came over from Ohio State in the same draft. They've known each other for a long time, even going back to their prep days, and we were all kind of wondering how, how Terry would take it. And here's his uh, part of his tweet, quote, devastated is the only word I can come up with right now. Dwayne always had a smile on his face and had personality that was one of one. We talked the the night we both were drafted about how hopeful we were for our futures and how excited we were to be able to play and compete together again. And then he closes. It's a, it's a long uh, tweet. And then he just closes with save a spot for me in that big end zone in the sky where we will celebrate again one day with a, with a heart emoji there. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, it is, you can feel, yeah, you can feel the, the, the heartbreak with all these, with all these sentiments. And, and like you said, it, it's, you know, we as we relate it to our own lives, at least I always do in these circumstances, you think, boy, I get so frustrated at work with some people. 
or some people I know, and I'm like, but but then you get down to it, like, what is it really? What what does not? It doesn't really matter. These things are incredibly small. We're all we're all, you know we're all trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to navigate our way throughout this this world, and you try to be as kind and, and as loving and as helpful as best you can, and and you know, um, you remember the good things that, from people at a time like this, uh, for sure. Um, we're going to talk more about uh, Dwayne Haskins. In the next segment, 9.30, Ava Wallace from the Washington Post talking Wizards. We'll talk some Nats after that, and we'll talk more uh, Commanders and Dwayne Haskins throughout the show. Ben Standig and Britt Giroli here on 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chiroli here with Ben Standing on 106.7 The Fan Sunday morning, here till noon, plenty to discuss in the D.C. area, most notably, most tragically, the death of 24-year-old Dwayne Haskins over the weekend down in South Florida. Uh, we opened with Ben Standick, my colleague here, who covered him, uh, discussing you know a little bit about uh, what it was like being around him. And I got to say, Ben, what has bothered me the most about this whole thing has been the way this news broke, has been the way Adam Schefter framed the now-deleted tweet. Because to me, calling Dwayne Haskins a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh died this morning is just such a terrible way to frame this, right? Like Ben Standing, a writer at The Athletic, who struggled to break news has died. It is literally like the same thing. We are we are reducing Dwayne Haskins to his struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL. Schefter, of course, rightfully roasted for this tweet, ends up deleting it. But Ben, like, were you as jarred by this as I was? By the time I saw all of this, he had already deleted the tweet. You saw players really quickly jump on him because this is, no matter what sport, in my mind, this is players' worst fear, right? Is they are reduced to their career stat line. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, as we discussed at the top, 
because Dwayne Haskins is still sort of in my orbit from a news perspective, when I start starting to read the tweet, I was confused. Like, wait, it mentions his struggles before we get to the tragic news. So I'm reading this going, I was thinking, to be honest, it was like Dwayne Haskins was, I don't know, released by the Steelers or something along those lines. And then he gets to what it was. I had to reread it like three times. I did the, as I did the, wait, is this the real Schefter account? You know, am I getting fooled here? Um, it was an incredibly disturbing way to, to, to put that news out there. And, you know, we, we, I think all of us in, who do what we do talk about a, a lot of the newsbreakers and the information, the way they put it out and how they get it and things like that. And it, it, I've made this point before that for a lot of them now, and I think Schefter has been sort of an example of this, who I don't know. Um, it, it's it, 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 In a lot of ways, they've become sort of the Ron Burgundy of, 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 of these newsbreakers where they read what's on their teleprompter, i.e. the text that they receive on their phone. Now, I don't imagine that the text he received in this case, if, if it was a text he received or if it was a phone call from Dwayne Haskins' agent, discussed the struggling. But in his head, that's where it went, that this is he's when he's thinking of this person, it is strictly about the player as opposed to the person. And look, again, I, I, Adam Schefter seems like a reasonable person, but this is where his head his head went, and it is really unfortunate that that's where it went. Does he seem like a reasonable person? Because this isn't the first time he's botched something publicly lately. Sure. I mean, he, he misrepresents the Dalvin Cook um, domestic violence situation. He implies Deshaun Watson was innocent of all sexual misconduct. Um, things that were clearly, like you said, with the Ron Burgundy situation, copied and pasted from agents. Sure. Doesn't he have a responsibility with more than 9 million followers to parse through what he's getting because we in the media, you know you get played all the time, right? You have to parse through that and remain impartial. And in a case like somebody's death, nobody cares about his career at this point in time. No need to add about his struggles in the NFL. The man died. The rest is absolutely irrelevant to the tweet. A hundred percent. I mean, that's what, the Ron Burgundy aspect. Like I said, it's it's turning off your brain to process the information that you're about to dispense. I get irate all the time. When it comes to the more mundane stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day basis about whatever it is that's happening with the team or, or or somebody's putting out a message, like you said, we all get information all the time. And if you just put it out flat out the way it's presented to you, it is not always appropriate context. And clearly for Schefter in recent weeks, months, he has shut off that part of his brain with some of the thing, examples you just brought up with the, the Sean Watson one certainly uh, came to mind. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. That was another one a, a, as well. And in this case, right, to, like you said, to reduce Dwayne Haskins to the player in such a tragic moment. And, you know, it is incomprehensible, except, I mean, not except. I I never want to assume what, what I would be dealing with if I was in the Adam Schefter spot. But, man, I really hope I would be able to maintain that proper perspective that these are people as opposed to, you know, numbers, stats, guys on a roster. They're actual human beings and their their careers are part of their lives. It is not the end. It's not the totality of who they are. Yes, I mean, this is journalism 101. You learn this in college to tread lightly and that there are different rules when somebody has died. I mean, that is the story. Um, also, there is that whole don't speak ill of the dead thing that just in general happens. So this isn't even like a reporter error. This is a human error in my mind. What about Dwayne Haskins' son, husband, Buckeye, brother, teammate um, has passed away? Like, why are we burying the lead here uh, where we're discussing, like you said, you have to read this tweet a couple times to be like, oh, he died. I mean, this is the, what, 30th word in this tweet. It, It is so irresponsible on so many levels. And 
as I said, it's happened before. And I think it really forces you to examine because of his track record. What do these newsbreakers owe us? Are they just mouthpieces? Um, are they real reporters or are they just mouthpieces for agents and whoever else texts them? And, and that to me is an issue. That is a slippery slope. You know, he rightfully deleted it. Uh, he rightfully was skewered for it, but it doesn't change that it happened and it doesn't change that it's been a pattern. Right. I was just looking through my own tweets because I couldn't remember exactly what I tweeted when I first saw this. And I am quote tweeting Adam Schefter, at least on my screen. His initial tweet is still there. It is it is though deleted, though. Um, yeah, uh, it is. It's also, I think, perhaps in some cases, the we talk too much about moving too fast in a lot of these cases. Obviously, it's hard for all for a lot of us who do these things with breaking news. Who is first should not necessarily matter, but unfortunately, it does in a lot of ways. In this, though, no, no, no. Oh. I'm, but I'm just saying in general, right? Yeah. So if you're of this mindset, you have to get some information. I don't know what shit where I don't know who knows. Maybe Schefter had it for 20 minutes, or he had it for 10 seconds. I'm just saying in the na- in the natural rush of what we do sometimes, and especially a guy like that who has tons of information at all times, was there a, a need to rush? But again, to your point, even if there was. Give it a beat. Think about it. What am I about to put out here? I mean, this isn't just, this isn't, you know, Carson Wentz gets traded to Washington. This is the horrendous news of of a young man passing, um, anybody passing, but a young man at 24 passing in such a tragic way. I mean, you got to. You got to think about this, and it really does. I think there is a larger national conversation. National, this is a big deal. But it, there's a larger conversation within our world to discuss what is what 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 should we be expecting from the newsbreaker newsbreakers, and should we be holding them to a higher standard? Because this is going on way too much, and it is becoming. It, it, this isn't national news. This isn't Congress. This isn't dealing with the war in Ukraine or things like that. But this is in our world important he is the one of the important people who puts out this information and if we can't rely on these sources to give us proper context along the way then it does cloud the whole situ- the, the whole circumstance and it is important if we all we all care about these things that's why we talk about it all right. the time it, it is damaging and, and we want to know um were you as triggered by all of this as we were um, what do you remember about haskins if you want to call about that if you want to call the vent uh, about the way this was presented 800 1067. We'll be taking your calls until noon about this. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on the Wizard season. Ava Wallace of the Washington Post joins us. Don't miss out. Back here in just a few. It was worth it. Boy. Our powerful connection. All right, we are going to continue here on 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing and Britt Giroli with you until noon. Uh, we're going to get into the to, to the world of sports. Uh, things continue to happen here in the Wizards. They won't be continuing to happen this season after today. They wrap up in Charlotte. It's almost impossible to put a bow on this season in a quick 10-minute or so segment, but we're going to do our best with our great guest, Ava Wallace from the Washington Post, who is in Charlotte, to cover this last game. And Ava, um, so much to get into. I guess just first and foremost for me, all I really care about is like kind of where this thing is going forward. How do you? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. How how, how do you put into context where this thing, where this team is after another wild season? uh, How do you put any context into where this is going forward as they wrap up uh, today in Charlotte? 
Yeah, um, that I totally agree with you that that is the main question. Um, and it's a really interesting place for this team to be because the kind of first half of the season up until the All-Star break doesn't really count um, because the kind of Spencer Dinwiddie experiment bringing Montrose Harrell in as, as a part of that Russell Westbrook trade with L.A. Um, did not really work. And so this team kind of pressed hard reset at the trade deadline in February Ron Kristaps Porzingis, so of course he's now a huge part of their future going forward, if you ask kind of anybody on the team. Um, but it's still, they're kind of still in the process of building chemistry with Porzingis now joining this young core. And of course, uh, everybody's kind of waiting on Bradley Beal to see if he's going to re-sign that massive max deal over the summer, which he says he's leaning towards doing. So uh, it's looking kind of sounding like the Wizards are going to have their franchise guy locked in. Uh, but he, of course, has been out with season-ending wrist surgery since February, so he hasn't played with Kristaps Porzingis, so I have kind of a feeling that uh, once this thing gets rolling again in the fall, they're going to be right back to chemistry building and seeing how everybody fits together. Uh, I just think the shot distribution is going to change so much once once, uh, Bradley Beal, you know, if he signs, comes back to this team. So uh, they're not too far from square one, (laughs) I want to say, in terms of moving forward in the future. Uh, Ava, how obviously they started out hot. Everyone has all this hope about this team. Then they come crashing back down to earth. How do you mm. evaluate Wes Unseld's first year as a coach? What what did he do well? What does he need to do to get better um, in terms of leading this organization kind of out of this period into hopefully contending at some point soon? Yeah, uh, something that kind of everyone's been talking about, and by that I mean players, is that they've got a really good foundation of chemistry now. Something that we keep hearing is that we're, we've got a bunch of guys in the locker room who actually like each other this time around, which is huge in helping uh, something like, you know, offensive chemistry. Their ball movement's been good. I think it's really interesting that you've got Wes Unsell Jr., who was kind of brought in to be this defensive guru, saying our ball movement, that's something that we can kind of make our identity and build from there. Everybody, of course, understands that they've got to get better on the defensive end. This is something that I I think I've said since I was like, what, 15 years old, it feels like, how many years? Um, But that's what he's got to do um, to be, I think, considered successful here. And and the first year, it's really hard to evaluate, especially, I think, with all of the moving parts and all of the moving pieces. Um, He came in, everything I understood about him, everything everybody told me about him was he's this great communicator, he's a people person, um, Obviously, there were a ton of locker room struggles, but I, I do think it is hard to evaluate just in terms of all of the moving part and trying to get guys on one page. But there's also the other side of the equation. If you want to evaluate him on what he's uh, you know, supposed to be good at, which is defense, then they didn't really get it done this year. But that's also something I think that's going to be hard to do when you switch your entire roster over midway through the season. Uh, we're talking with Ava Wallace from the Washington Post. You can follow Ava on Twitter at Ava R. Wallace. And look, I, I really only really wanted to talk big picture, but let's talk a little bit about guys who are <laughs> who are here, what you saw over the last uh, few weeks of the year. Hopefully you saw some progress from Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia. I feel like they gave Denny the ball more to be a more of a playmaker. I like that. Hmm. If those guys, if this team is going to take a step beyond just Porzingis and Beal and Kuzma, these guys are going to have to step up. What gives you hope? that that can possibly happen next year. Uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. They've definitely given Denny the ball more, and, and he's kind of building in confidence in that realm. Uh, Rui Hachimura has been on fire from three since he rejoined the team kind of in January after taking some personal time. 
Um, but that's it's interesting that after years and years of saying, oh, we need to shoot the three, and, and now he's doing so, so well, I'm kind of like, you know, he hasn't had in his third year, and I know, you know, he missed a good chunk of this season, um, one consistent thing that he's done that he's proven to be his thing. Denny Avdia had that a little bit in the, in the first half of the year when he kind of became a really good one-on-one defensive stopper for them. Obviously, I think that's been a little bit less of a focus now. They've given the ball him the ball more and just, you know, said, you know, we want we want you to try and do this and kind of work on this a little bit too. I also am of the opinion that it's it's a little bit harder for role players to be really good, strong role players when you don't have your kind of team leaders in place. So I'll be interested to see how they grow once Christoph Sporzingis can kind of start with this team from the beginning of the season, if Bradley Beal comes back once he's in place. And of course, um, the one thing they really, really need to do this summer is they need to get a good point guard who's can kind of work with this team. And, and that's clearly at least what it's looking like right now with Thomas Sadaransky kind of filling in there. It's looking like somebody who needs to be a pass first guy. Um, and once kind of those three pieces are in place, I think that's when I would, I would focus more on the role players, but definitely I think from Rui, Denny, even Corey Kispert, their lottery pick from last year, you just need to see consistency from those guys. Ava, I'm glad you brought up the point guard. Obviously, that is their biggest need. How, in your mind, do they best address this? Uh, is it an in-house thing? Which of their backups do they keep? And um, how important is it to to nail this thing down pretty early? I think it, it's just like of the utmost importance. And I and I think uh, Wes Unsell, we kind of asked him about that before the game, the home finale the other night. And, and yeah, it's it's got to be somebody who can kind of be an experienced quarterback of the team, be an extension of the coach, which I thought was was important phrasing from him. And I don't think it's going to come from him in-house. It's only because they need somebody who's going to help them really take this team to another level. Um, and Tomas Sadaransky has been really good for them in this kind of short stretch here. I don't know if he's kind of the, the caliber of playing that they're looking for. Ish Smith, obviously, he's uh, such a wonderful addition to the locker room, and he's and he's really helped them also kind of get downhill when they need to. Now I really sound like a coach, get downhill, probe into the paint, and, and just kind of <laughs> move fast when they need to. Um, but they need somebody, I think, who can kind of add, add a dimension, um, who can really challenge and scare other defenses, and it's got to be somebody who's um, okay with knowing that he's not going to be, while he's going to be a really important guy, he's not going to be one of the two top guys on the team. And that's, I think that's really hard to find someone who's both experienced and okay with that. And, you know, kind of secure in their position in the NBA. Um, They've got some options, you know, obviously what did Bradley Beal say when he talked to us? That's what, that's what trades are for. I also think that's maybe what trade and picks are for. Um, They've got to kind of do everything they can, I think, to get the right guy in place there. And his name ain't John Wall, by the way. <laughs> no, that 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 is definitely not a not a thing uh, on a on hundred different I've, levels. Yeah. Uh, but but speaking of uh, to to Bradley Beal, like even no matter who the point guard is, you're gonna have to figure out how does this player work with Bradley Beal. It clearly did not work with Spencer Dinwiddie, who we should note is really thriving playing with Luka Doncic in Dallas, and and that's an interesting. How much of that is Dinwiddie changing, or it just didn't work with Beal? But my, my question here, Ava, is basically, or I don't know if it's a question, Britt will say this will be a, a, a filibuster statement from me. Um, <laughs> part of the Bradley Beal thing is, like, I would have traded him three seconds after I got rid of Westbrook. That was the moment in time where this organization could have really started over with a really good head start with a bunch of picks, young players, get going. Instead, as they often do, they lean into, we've got to be sort of in the mix. 
They keep Beal to do that. Even if he stays, he's about to get paid so much money. It's going to be mm-hmm. – it, it really changes the view of him anymore. He's no longer this fresh-faced kid. He's now going to be the highest-paid player in the league who isn't one of the best 15 players in the league. How does this thing even actually get better to the point where we can talk about them as more than maybe the sixth seed? I, I don't know if I see it. What, what do you think with, with, with this group once Beal should, should he sign? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And that also kind of you, so he's got 35% of this salary cap kind of dedicated to him also at that point. So that also kind of hampers a little bit of what you can do um, in terms of getting a point guard. The thing that the question that I've kind of been mulling over is I wonder, um, and I know Bradley Beal is, is very beloved in the organization, and he's, you know, Certainly, I don't think there's anybody who thinks of him as not an absolute stand-up dude. But I, I do wonder how exciting of a, of a, of a signing that is, like for the fan base. Um, and your kind of question maybe answered my, <laughs> my inquiry a little bit there. But um, yeah, once he kind of has to actually play up to that, um, that amount of money, that that's different, and that changes people's careers. I mean, you've seen it time and time again. And somebody uh, in a front office somewhere told me. You know, when you're you're really signing a guy for that amount of money, all you're hoping is that he doesn't mess it up, <laughs> that he doesn't do something really bad. So, and I do really That's believe right. that Washington fully believes that Bradley Beal will not mess that up. He's he's you know a pretty upstanding guy for them, and always has been as the face of their franchise. But in terms of somebody who pops, um, if you can put the right people around him, I think absolutely it can work. But I also think uh, this franchise knows that it needs to put a product on the floor that really excites people in the area. And, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that this summer, or at uh, least that's something that, that they've got to, that they, that's the question they've got to answer. Absolutely. Great stuff. Ava, Ben, that was definitely a standing filibuster statement for sure. Well, um, I got, I got things a, to say. We don't get, we don't get wizards. Guests on say, here. He, just he, to say. he is all excited here to talk <laughs> wizards. Um, Ava, we're going to let you go. I know you're busy today. So appreciate the, the analysis, the insight. Hopefully you get a little bit of a breather here when the season is over though, as uh, both beat writers or former beat writers, we know that that term is, is kind of laughable. Maybe a nap, <laughs> maybe not a, a full break, but maybe a nap, a nap. I'll take a nap. You know, I'll take a nap. <laughs> Awesome. Ava Walls, the Washington Post. Thank you so much. Uh, Great stuff. Great to talk Wizards. Ben is just beside himself as a huge Wizards fan. We're switching. No, not, a, not a fan, a, a, huge, a person who's been interested in the Wizards. A Wizards the, the, fan. The, the fan is way out the window. Oh, okay. Well, we're switching it up. We're going back to baseball. Uh, or not even back. We haven't been there yet. We're going to baseball. Jessica Camerato, MLB.com, joins us next. Talk about the Nats opening day weekend. What has gone wrong what can we expect from them moving forward? Stay tuned. Britt Roly, Ben Standing here on 106.7 The Fan. One. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right. Welcome back. Sunday morning. Richard Rowley, Ben standing here with you until noon. Uh, You just heard from Ava Wallace, the Washington Post. Give us a little bit of a wrap up on the Wizards who conclude their season today in Charlotte. We're switching gears here. Going to the Nationals who are just starting their season, Ben. Um, Still looking for their first win, though, as we head into the season finale against the New York Mets. Let's bring in Nationals beat writer for MLB.com, Jessica Camarado. Uh, Jess covers the Nationals, does a terrific job. Um, She's been there all weekend, suffering through rain delays, long games, all kinds of stuff. Jess, uh, how are you this morning? How tired are you uh, from these first three games? (laughs) Good morning. Uh, Yeah, tired, tired, you know, looking forward to an afternoon game, which now starts at 135, so a little extra time. (laughs) Just when you look at this Nationals team and the big issue, obviously, the bench is clearing brawl that happened on Friday after Steve Ciszak hit Francisco Lindor in the face. Uh, the Nationals have hit an awful lot of guys. Is the sense that this pitching staff is going to have struggles with command pretty much all season? Or is this something that Davey Martinez uh, feels like can be rectified? Yeah, this is something that's definitely surprising and as you know, Davey emphasized to use the word super unintentional. Um, you're you're starting to see what I think are the effects of a short training. Um, we knew that the hitters were probably going to be ahead of the pitchers in some sense, but you're starting to see some of that really play out in game action. And also, you also have to keep in mind, too, and of course, this is not making excuses for these players because they're all on the major league level. In the last two nights, we saw pretty young pitchers, Josiah Gray, you know, we view him, I think, as maybe a little bit older than he is just because of the role that he was thrust into when he joined the Nationals. But he's he's still young. And Joanna Doan, that was only his second major league start last night. So we're seeing command issues being worked out. Unfortunately, they're being worked out in real time and real game action. So that's definitely something the Nationals want to hone in on because you can't go through a whole season like that, obviously. And, and you can't just be playing with that kind of air around you. Hey, Jess, so to stay with the pitching, three uh, the first two games, the starting pitcher doesn't make it to the fifth. Good news, th- the starting pitcher made it to the fifth yesterday and then proceeded to give up a grand slam, so that's, that's not so good. Uh, I think we kind of knew that the starting pitching would be a, potentially a concern beyond Patrick Corbin and a healthy Strasburg. Uh, how concerning is this, not just in terms of what they're doing staying in the game, but then you have a bullpen that's you know, maybe is still got a lot of questions to kind of work through as well. Yeah, the situation is definitely a carryover from last season, and that was something that wanted to be, you know, addressed and rectified in the offseason. Unfortunately, what happens is Steven Strasburg is hurt. Joe Ross is hurt. They're unable to start the season. So you're already down two starting pitchers, which is huge. I mean, that's a huge loss to be opening your season with. So 
the innings are things that it has to be addressed. The pitchers have to be able to go longer. Adone was stretched out to 95 pitches. He was just, you know, he was like 10 pitches, nine pitches away at that point when he gave up the grand slam. But it's like it's game three, and we're already talking about the bullpen being taxed, which was something that was a resounding theme throughout all of last season. The bullpen simply can't be counted on to do as much as they did last year. And you have guys that can stretch multiple innings. They're going to look at Paolo Espino, Austin Voth, Andres Machado, Steve Ciszek, also who we, of course, only saw a very uh, brief debut from the other night. They're looking at them to go multiple innings, but that's not something that can be relied on every single game. You can't just say, okay, every other day, Espino is going to give you three innings. That, that's not going to be realistic throughout the course of the season. Jess, we know the pitching was going to be a problem, but they've scored four runs in the first three games of this season. Uh, I know hitters often start slow, but how important is it for them to kind of get on track here offensively? They are facing Carlos Carrasco with the Mets. We are now pretty deep into the Mets rotation here. They didn't have to face DeGrom. They already faced Scherzer. They already faced Chris Bassett last night. Really had no answer for either of those guys. Um, what is the the vibe around this offense and this lineup and whether they can really start to get it going here because they're going to have to win games by outslugging teams. The hitting to me is a bigger surprise in the pitching for all the reasons we just talked about. We kind of expected there were going to be some hiccups with the pitching, the hitting, you see the lineup, the, the top half of the lineup has been completely, you know, enhanced with Cesar Hernandez, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, Cabo Ruiz. That's a lot of power right there. So the bats need to start swinging. Look, when you have somebody like a Juan Soto, we know what he can do. Nelson Cruz, we know what he can do. The hitting is going to come, but it's like you don't want that. You don't want to wait until May for that to happen. So I do expect it to pick up, but it's definitely starting slower than expected. The one person that I've been impressed with from spring carrying over to now is Ruiz. He's so young, and there's such an emphasis on what he does behind the plate, but his bat has really stood out to me. Now, Jess, I know you from your NBA world when you were covering the Sixers, and I'm, this is all, you know, for me, I mostly care about what other sports writers are, are doing, thinking, and all that. So I'm curious, having transitioned, they're very different sports in terms of the, the lifestyle and covering them. What's the biggest difference for you going from the NBA world to the baseball world, which is literally the most grindiest of grinds uh, out there? <laughs> well, as Britt asked me in the beginning, are you tired? Uh, you know, in the NBA world, you get up early in the morning for a shoot around, usually not a game. So it's definitely the schedule is different. But it is cool because, as as you both know, I, I love the locker room clubhouse element to covering sports. So to have a larger group of players to be able to cover, that's been super exciting for me. But yeah, on the flip side, it's getting used to the schedule. I think my brain is automatically wired to be at its best at like 9 p.m. <laughs> so yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the morning games are a little bit different. <laughs> uh, Jess, obviously uh, pitching is the issue. Anibal Sanchez, it looks like, is kind of undecided for tomorrow's start. Um, who could they bring up if he's not able to start? Is, is it too early, not really on track for Cade Cavalli? I think it might be short rest for him. What would what would their options be, and uh, could it be someone that we could maybe get excited about? This is an interesting situation. It is too early for Cade Cavalli if they did not want him to go on short rest. And again, the whole theme during spring was not wanting to rush Cade, wanting him to get more minor league innings. So just one start I don't think qualifies as getting more minor league innings. 
So I'm looking at Josh Rogers as the option there. When he was optioned to AAA at the end of camp, that was surprising. They went uh, with Adone, and they optioned Rogers to Rochester. He hasn't pitched yet, but Davey did say that the whole point of that was if somebody does get hurt or unable to pitch, they wanted viable options. And he mentioned that Rogers would be one of the first, if not the first pick. So if Sanchez is unable to go, I would look for Rogers to make the start. Jessica, I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much. I know we, we know the locker room is about to open. You got to go deal with that. Go follow Jessica on Twitter at Jessica Camarado. Good luck with, with the early morning start and uh, hopefully the Nats get some runs just for entertainment value, if nothing else today. <laughs> Thanks. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Yeah, those uh, you remember those day game after night games, Ben. I mean, that's always it's always a rough turnaround. I tell you, the players are are tired. You're tired. Opening day series, the Nats have dealt with you know a light delay, a rain delay, a ninth inning rain delay when I was there on Friday. Uh, just a really long, exhausting three days. Uh, let's hope they get a win for those beat writers, for the fans, for everybody who's come out. Kind of get get this back on track here a little bit because their opening schedule is brutal. I mean, they play the Braves. They have 18 in a row. Uh, they really need to get through this opening stretch here uh, and then maybe take a break, maybe get some of these guys back uh, who are hurt because right now it's not the best 28. It's kind of the the healthy 28 when it comes to the Washington Nationals, if you know what I'm saying. They're not really yeah. – they're not at 100%. I mean, who is? But they definitely are not. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. All right, we've got plenty more to discuss. Britt and I are here until noon. We, in fact, we can take your calls – uh, up next, 800-636-1067. You want to share your memories of Dwayne Haskins? Uh, or just want to talk to Ben and Britt. We're here until noon on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.